Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Now, on today's show, we're going to be talking about dreams. Whether you're facing a difficult life choice or working through emotionally challenging experiences, or maybe you're just curious about what your dreams are trying to tell you, the practice of modern dream work, which is what we're going to talk about today, can help you understand the deep wisdom of your subconscious mind. Linda Yael Schiller is my guest. Are you ready to meet her? Linda Yael Schiller is a psychotherapist, author, consultant, supervisor, and trainer. She facilitates a group dream circle, provides individual consultation, and trains professionals to work with dreams. Linda's been involved with a regular dream sharing group for more than 30 years. Find out more about Linda and her work at lindayaelschiller.com. Linda, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you, Karen. Nice to be here. Thank you. So how did you get so interested in dreams? Because this has got the feeling of a life's work. For you. Oh, thanks. Um, well, I think there are two ways. One is I was always one of those kids who, for fun, would have seances or play with a Ouija board. Um, so I was interested in sort of spiritual and esoteric and sort of out-of-the-box types of explorations from childhood, really. Mm-hmm. Um, But I got interested specifically in dreams when a good friend of mine moved to town and she said to me, hey, the only thing I miss about New York City, she moved here to Boston from New York, is my dream circle. So I'm going to start one here and will you join it? And somehow I knew to say yes, even though I didn't know what a dream circle was. (laughs) That's kind of how it started. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Why why do we dream what purpose do our dreams serve our dreams serve a variety of different purposes one of the most common ones is they allow us to process information they're they're an information processing system if you will things that have happened to us today yesterday last week last month that we need to chew over or integrate or get more understanding of understanding of we literally can do that in our sleep because we use different parts of our brain in our waking life and in our sleeping life so the limbic system of our brain which is the deep brain structures that have to do with our emotional self as well as our visual frontal cortex which is the as it sounds like the our, our imagery and picture part of the brain come much more online when we sleep so we can get information and insights about things that we wouldn't get when we were awake because we have different parts of the brain operating. Real quick, Linda, I'm just going to cut in here and then I'm going to cut this out of the interview later. Um, you're just a tiny bit too close to your phone's receiver. And so it's, I'm picking up all kinds of like little breath things and we don't want anybody to go, ah, I don't want to listen to this and click off of it because if you just move it away like half an inch for me real quick. 
How is this now? That sounds much better. We just, yeah, we want to get the best quality for these listeners. So I'm going to go ahead and pop back out, and then Karen's going to ask you the next question. Okay, thank you. Um, So in in this book, and so this book, Modern Dream Work, this is like a treasure trove of fun, practical ways of looking at not just your dreams, but looking at your life. So in this book, you talk about a lot of different kinds of dreams. And I wonder if you can just share a few of those. Some are ones that I felt familiar with and others were ones I'd kind of never thought about before. Um, When you say different types of dreams, meaning from different states of consciousness or for the purpose of dreaming? Um, Well, I'm thinking about things like precognitive dreams and telepathic dreams and healing dreams like like that, you run through a list of a whole ton of them, and there were some on there I'd never really thought about. I think so much of our sleeping life is unexamined. We don't value it, and we kind of expect that we won't pay a lot of attention to it. And what I like about your work is that you're turning our attention inward so that we do examine that part of our lives. You're, you're exactly picking up, Karen, on one of the things I think is most important about dream work is that it gives us a a portal or a window into potential other dimensions, other worlds, other states of consciousness that we can access if we A, value it, and then B, value it enough to pay attention to it, and then C, once we pay attention, work with the information we get to figure out what are the messages because there are lots of ways of knowing things that are outside of our sort of left brain linear western way of knowing. So some of the types of dreams that we may have, to answer more directly your question, are these information processing dreams to help us understand something more deeply than we previously did. Um, There's a kind of dream called a prodromal dream, which is sort of a health alert that either directly but more often in metaphor or symbol can give us a heads up on things going on inside of our own bodies way before they may have been detected by uh, medical testing. We have precognitive dreams which allow us to kind of see around the corners of time to know or get a sense that something either will happen or might happen before it actually does. And One other type of dream I'll mention is the dream that allows us to cross that borderland between the um, us living in the world and departed friends and relatives who've passed over. And many, many people have spoken about connecting with um, dead friends and relatives and just have gotten such a sense of peace, closure, connection, and healing from being able to make contact across the other side of the veil. When I talk to people who've had one of their loved ones in spirit come into their dreams and I say, well, how did you, how did you know it was them? A lot of times they'll say it felt different than a dream usually feels, right? There was something about it, some kind of energetic or other quality about it that felt different. I knew it wasn't just a dream. I knew there was more. Mm -hmm. Does that come into your experience as well? 
Yeah, there's a couple of things that people commonly say about this. What differentiates a, a visitation from a dream that is symbolic or metaphoric? And one of the things people often talk about is this sort of vivid felt sense of the presence of the person who has departed. And I think you used the word their energetic presence, and that's exactly what a lot of people say. Frequently, there's not a lot else going on in the dream. Because, you know, when we dream, we have crazy, wild images and, and landscapes and people and events and whole stories happening. Sometimes we can have whole, you know, three-part trilogies going on in our dreams. But in those visitation dreams, most people report it's the felt sense or that embodied sense in their own bodies of I'm picking up on the person who I knew and loved. And um, that's the main event of the dream. It's often in like high definition or living color or that vivid uh, sensibility. How do we know what dreams to pay attention to and what ones are just kind of like that churning, like static, you know, on on the radio, the ones that are just kind of processing and we should let them go. How can we know what the important ones are? Well, hardcore dreamers will tell you there's no such thing as an unimportant dream. Hmm. So every dream has some message or several messages for us if we care to pay attention to them. Sometimes we're just too busy or our alarm goes off and we jump up and we, we lose the dream. But if we want and if we have a practice of attending to our dreams, even the seemingly boring or, as you use the word, sort of night static kind of dreams, will have some or even several layers of message or meaning if we unpack and work with a variety of different dream work methods to kind of get the juice out of the dream. The other way of thinking about that takes us into the category of reoccurring dreams or reoccurring dream themes. So if you've got a dream or an image or a theme that keeps coming back, that's an SOS from your unconscious saying, heads up, this is important, and if you don't pay attention, we're going to potentially keep escalating the dreams until you pay attention to learn what it is you're supposed to know here. So how do you figure out how do you figure out what that what that dream means? Let's say there is a repetitive dream or there's a repetitive theme, how can you honor the SOS from your unconscious and start to unpack what that dream means so that you can act on it? That's that's sort of the core of dream work, that question. So when I work with someone with a dream, I listen to the dream that they're telling me and invite them to pay attention to how they felt emotionally in the dream and how they feel telling me about the dream. So we have the storyline narrative of the dream and then we have the emotional narrative of the dream. And the emotional narrative is what contains the unique elements of how this is a dream about your life as opposed to anybody else's life because we all share various themes or symbols that might show up in the dream, but it's our emotional resonance that gives it the meaning for our life. 
So that's the first thing I'll do, and I'll pay attention to what's the beginning, what's the middle, and what's the end of your dreams. So that's why I encourage people, when possible, try to record your dreams in the order in which you dreamed it, unless, of course, you have to grab the end of the dream first or you'll forget it, but then go back and organize it so it's, it's written somehow in, in the order you dreamt it. Because the beginning of a dream, both the content and the emotional narrative will sort of give us the opening scene, if you will, for the issue or the dilemma that we're wondering about. And how the dream ends will tell us, this is where we are so far on this problem. So if the dream ends with your problem sort of resolved, you know you're moving very, you've moved very far in your life toward resolving the issue you're dreaming about. If the end of the dream resolves with fear, anxiety, upset, you know there's still work to be done to do healing around the issues in the dream. And then if we're going to look at different methods for dream work, the art of dream work, if you will, is the art of associations and being and the art of attending to symbol and metaphor. So we're looking at the actual content of the dream, and then we're allowing us to look at the symbol, the metaphor, and what associations we have, whether or not those associations are actually in the dream material itself. And then sometimes as we go back and forth either one-on-one -on -one or you yourself or if you're working in a group with sort of question and answer and association, we may end up with material that was right embedded in the dream and we may end up with associations that took us way outside of what was actually embedded in the dream itself but leads us to the place we need to go to either spark the creative spark we needed if we're stuck in something or bring us to a place of healing that we need healing in our life. So that that's so interesting to me and I'm wondering if um, someone were to come to you, if they were to work through using the techniques in the book, repet, let's say a repetitive cycle of dreaming and by bringing the intention in this way to what it means on all the different levels, would we then as dreamers see our next dreams change to reflect the way in which we'd worked through the, the, all the stuff from the first dreams? Yes. So if you have dreams that are upsetting, that are reflecting something that is upsetting in life or unhealed in life, whether it's something recent or something from the far distant past, there's a, there's a book called uh, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life which I think actually is referring to working with ADD and ADHD. But I sort of paraphrase that title, and I say change your dream, change your life. And we go inside the dream with a variety of different methods and techniques, both working from inside of the dream and outside of the dream, to add resources or answer questions or provide a healthier more satisfying ending to the dream. One of the things I, I tell my dreamers is, this isn't necessarily where the dream ended, this is just where you woke up. Hmm. So because it's your dream, you have full control to continue dreaming it forward. So if you were to continue dreaming, how would you like it to continue? What would be a more optimal ending for you? And we do this kind of thing as many times as needed, as well as making the connections to the dreamer's life, 
And then what we see is the dreams start to change in one of several ways. Either they come less frequently or the emotional intensity gets less and less or the images kind of quiet down until they, they neutralize or on some occasions it uh, shifts to something positive rather than negative. And the beauty of doing this work inside the dream is that we see then these parallels happen in life as well, which is why as a psychotherapist, for me doing dream work with my clients is so invaluable because we can work in our waking life in session and they can go home and work in their dreaming life at home and we see real life changes as the dreams change as well. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Lindia L. Schiller. Her new book is Modern Dreamwork, New Tools for Decoding Your Soul's Wisdom. And you can find out more about Linda and her work and about the book at lindayaelschiller.com. I'm going to go ahead and spell that. That's L-I-N-D-A-Y-A-E-L-S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R.com, lindayaelschiller.com. So, Linda, this book is called Modern Dream Work. We've always been fascinated with our dreams. So how does modern dream work kind of um, change it up? How is that different from other ways of looking at dreams? I'm smiling as I'm listening to ask that question because uh, a supervisee of mine came in last week and she said, I have uh, some book um, events coming up in the Boston area. And she said, I told my daughter about it, who's in her 20s. And I said, this is modern dream work. It's not like that old Freud stuff. And mm -hmm. so she was much more interested in coming to the book reading. <laughs> so I was delighted. And I, and I get to thank Llewellyn for helping me with the title on that. So I'll give a shout out to my publisher who, who did help me change the title to reflect that. So I offer in this book three unique methods of dream work that I created. One is the integrated embodied approach to dream work. So this is a psycho-spiritual approach that also looks at the felt sense of our physical responses in our body to the dreams we have. So when we're working on understanding a dream, we look at its psychological layer, we look at a spiritual layer, and we look at a physical or embodied layer. And some of the methods or techniques we use to work with the dream are more than simply talking about it. We do dream theater. We do dream dance. We do acting out different parts of the dream. We, I, I had a dream, for example, of a a resplendent quetzal, which I had to look up to see what that was. It's a mythological bird from South America. Oh. And as I worked with my dream circle on this dream, I could sort of feel the felt sense of this big, powerful bird in my body. And I sort of got up and started like moving my arms as if I was like flapping my wings and could sort of feel the energy and the power uh, of that bird come through. So that's something uh, a little different than traditional dream work in terms of the variety of ways of working with dreams. 
So that's one, is the integrated embodied approach mm-hmm. to dream work. The other two things that I bring in this modern dream work approach, one is a way of looking at the layers of a dream through the mystical branch of Judaism called Kabbalah. And there is a way of reading the holy book called the Torah, which is the Pardes system, that is an allegory for the Garden of Eden, but it has four letters, the P, R, D, and S. And if I were to translate from the Hebrew what they mean, the P stands for pshat or the simple layer. The R is for the remez or the hinted at layer. The D is the drash or the revealed layer. And the sod is the secret or the mystical and transpersonal layer. So when I talk about working with a dream through many layers, I developed this system of dream work that allows us to attend to these four layers of a dream. And then finally, the third unique contribution that I have is a way of doing uh, work with nightmares. In my practice as a psychotherapist, I've worked with trauma for many, many years, and I'm trained in a lot of the integrated body-mind psychology um, ways of of working with trauma, like EMDR and and many energy psychology forms, TAT, and, and somatic, body-oriented. So I developed a way of working with nightmares called the Gaia approach, which is based on Jungian psychology combined with really good, solid trauma treatment so that when we're doing dream work with people who've had nightmares, we help them stay safe and resourced so that they don't have what's called an ab reaction or a bad bad negative reaction to working on their nightmares because it's bad enough to feel distressed when you've had the nightmare. You don't want to add distress when you're working on it as well. So if we take do no harm as our first order of business in the healing field, this Gaia method of working with nightmares, guided active imagination approach, allows us to start from a safe place before exploring the uh, scary dreams and nightmares. Now, I know we only have just a few minutes left together. If someone listening, see, you make me want to go dream and then like write it all down and then act it out. And so I'm all excited now. For someone listening who wants to get started, how could they get started tonight? What's the first step in not just, because it's more than remembering, isn't it? Not just remembering our dreams, but honoring those dreams. How do we start? To start with, I might almost reverse what you said. We start with honoring the fact that our dreams come to give us messages and that if we're paying attention, we can have greater richness in our life. So to honor that, it can be as simple as make sure you've got a notebook and a pen by your bed so that when you wake up, you can write down your dream. And for the hardcore um, computer and phone people, keep your computer or your phone by your bed. You know, keep it shut so you don't get the, the radiation. But have some way of recording your dream or talk into your phone if, if that's what you prefer. But record it as soon as you wake up. Some people, you can buy now um, pens that light up in the dark. Some people buy those so they can write in the middle of the night. But to start with, honoring the dream by anchoring it down because dreams as we know have the substance of wisps of smoke and 
and vapor, and if we move too quickly, they just disappear. So we start with writing them down, and then if you want to do a really quick uh, way of getting sort of the reader's digest version of your dream, even if you've only got a few minutes, give it a title. Let it come from your gut. Don't think about the title too much. Just let whatever is the first thing that comes to the top of your head come out, and that will often capture the essence of your dream. And then the one other thing you can do if you want a really quick hit on your dream is look for what is called, Ernest Hartman calls this the central image or the CI. As you scan your dream, what is the object, the color, the sound, the landscape, what's the one thing that most stands out for you? And if you're surprised by that, so much the better because then you're accessing your unconscious, not just your, your waking mind. And see what kind of traction you get with those two starters. Oh, my gosh. Linda, thank you so much. That new book, Modern Dreamwork, is a treasure trove of information and practical exercises. So there's a lot here. Thank you for spending some time with us on the show today. Thank you. You are so welcome, Karen. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. You're very welcome. That's Linda Yael Schiller, and her new book is Modern Dreamwork, New Tools for Decoding Your Soul's Wisdom. And you can find out more about Linda and her work and more about that book at lindayaelschiller.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-Y-A-E-L-S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R.com, lindayaelschiller.com. And you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. If you're listening to this broadcast in December of 2019, when you head over to karenhager.com, you'll learn about the holiday sale, which takes 20% off gift certificates, 20% off uh, private intuitive sessions. So there, that is there for you. That's also a good place to find out upcoming classes and events and who's coming on the radio show. So all kinds of good stuff for you there at karenhager.com. And remember to check out openpeacefulheart.com. If you believe, as I do, that when we put our positive attention on change, when we shift our focus to compassion and integrity, to peace, that things really do change. You might enjoy openpeacefulheart.com. There are lots of guided meditations there for you to listen to. And on the first Sunday of every month, we do a free 15-minute guided meditation that's designed to help us open our hearts to peace so that we can bring peace in the world. So that's at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.